Um, but you can tell a lot about a person in one visit. And uh, we had a good time of prayer together. We had a good chat. And he eats BLTs. And so how can he not be a good man? Any man who eats BLTs and, and talks about Jesus, they've already passed in my book. So um, he's a good man. He's actually connected through Phil. So as you know, Phil came from Open Door originally. And Open Door have uh, churches in the States. And so Phil met James on one occasion, I think, at a conference when Phil went over there. So James just came to check in uh, with Phil over here when he was uh, just recently, a couple of months back, I think, when James came over. So um, James has been part of that church for 28 years. I think you were based there. And uh, last year, they felt that they wanted to come back to the UK. And uh, they posted up back here in September. And uh, James is now at a HDB plant in Islington as the associate pastor. I think your uh, notice sheet says the same. And he's married to Juanita. Is that right? Have I got that? Juanita. <laughs> and they've got three kids, and that's uh, Aaron, Britain, and Asia. And they're all over there as well. They've been married for 15 years. Yeah, I remembered that. That was good. 18 years. Ah, oh, I was doing so well. It feels like it's only 15 years, apparently. Even less than that, 10 years. Um, but they met at YWAM in Scotland. And so they've got a little bit of an adventurous story from Scotland over to California to Islington. And today they're in Perryville. I mean, it doesn't get more exciting than that for them, does it? So let's welcome him up, James, and uh, let's give him a clap. <laughs> let's pray for this man. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Father, we do thank you that for those who respond to the call into ministry and those that just say yes to you. And we know in uh, whatever we're doing in life, we can say yes to you. And we know that when we say yes, you provide for all of our needs. And I just pray for James and his family, Lord, that they will know your provision and your blessing, your goodness. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that your word changes lives, transforms lives. And we just thank you for the word that you've given James today. And Lord, we just pray we'll be open even now to what you want to say to us. That you would fill him with your Holy Spirit. And bless him now as he brings it, your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, oh, you can hear me. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm just going to go, and if it starts squealing at me, then I'm going to duck and crawl under the pulpit. So, um, good job, man. I mean, you know way more about us than we know about you. So, if I, if I had to get up here and introduce you, I'd be in trouble. Um, <laughs> this is so cool. I'm so excited to be here. Um, as Lee said, there's a long connection um, that we've got. We've got DNA that runs through our spiritual veins um, that's the same, and that's exciting to me. Uh, Phil and my pastor, Mike Riley, have been connected for um, over 30 years, if I'm not mistaken, and, uh, and he's just like a father to our, our movement in, in the there's several churches in California, as Lee said, and um, there's some churches out here too. And I'm not sure if any of you uh, have been a part of that and then came over here with Phil or, or if this is all new, but it's just exciting to be here. And the DNA that, that is there runs 
here as well because you have a, a father. Um, it's exciting. I don't know if any of you have, have met Mike Riley. Uh, I do know that a few years ago his son John came out and um, some of you prophesied over him. Um, I want to tell you that, that that prophecy, along with some other things that, that uh, God was already beginning to do in his heart, was a catalyst for something amazing that started um, back in our church in Centerfell. Um, it, it, it released something that, that just turned the page. It shifted um, kind of where we were going in the spirit, and it was really powerful. And I just want to say thank you guys for your faithfulness to that. Um, and if anybody wants to prophesy over me at the end, then come on. <laughs> so, um, why don't we open our Bibles uh, or your Bible apps to Isaiah 55? I know you guys think I should pronounce it Isaiah, um, but then you say Haggai, so what's that about? <laughs> Isaiah 55. And I'm reading from NIV, so hopefully you can follow along. Isaiah 55. Come, all who are thirsty. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what's not bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what's good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give air and come to me. Listen that you might live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I've made him a witness to the peoples and a ruler and commander over the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you, didn't, you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and the trees of the fields, all the trees of the field, will clap their hands. Instead of a thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars and the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, here I am. Take, take the coal, Father. Take the coal and burn my lips, Lord. Seal me, seal the words that I have for you today, Lord. For your glory. Amen. So I'd originally thought that I was going to speak to you guys. I feel really tall up here. <laughs> um, I originally thought that I was going to speak to you guys today about the word of the Lord. And as I was kind of preparing... Um, you know, I looked at uh, uh, Isaiah 55 because uh, as it talks about the word of the Lord going forth. Uh, but as soon as I, I wrote the, the passage, Isaiah 55, 
it just jumped out, and the Holy Spirit just started to, to kind of dwell there. And, uh, and so he just kind of shifted my gears, and uh, we're just going to go through this chapter. And uh, as soon as I saw verse 1, I knew kind of what he was going for. Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Are you guys hungry? I'm not just talking about, like, thinking about lunch that's coming up here, but are you guys hungry and thirsty for God? Are you hungry for his presence? Hunger is a good thing. It drives us to pursue the things that satisfy us. You know, it's, it's, it's not good to go shopping um, when you're hungry because you just start pulling everything that looks good off the shelves, right? You know? And then you forget often what you actually came into the store for. Actually, the Father wants you to come to him that way. He wants you grabbing hold of everything that he's got for you. Okay? He wants you to come in hungry. The Spirit's stirring up a generation of people who are hungry for the presence of God. He's looking for ways to pour out his blessing and abundance on you. He's looking for ways to, to bless you with his extravagant love. There are places in this world, and I know you guys know this, there are places in this world that are starving for God. Okay, but we don't have that problem here in the West. We have a different problem. Here, here in the West, the problem that we have is that we're not hungry for God often. We're so distracted by the things that are swirling around us. We're distracted by our technology and by um, the busyness of our lives. A lot of us are distracted by um, just trying to survive and just trying to make it through the day. You know, we think of our finances and stuff like that. Do you guys know that Jesus didn't come just so you can survive? He came so that you can have abundant life. Abundant life. Right now in this age as well as the age to come, he said. The other problem is that, as I said, we, we begin to uh, get distracted by um, entertainment and just kind of mindless amusement. It's so easy to, to get distracted by that stuff because we have this hole. We're so bored by our technology. We've gotten so rapid in our lifestyle that we get bored, and we have to fill this hole with noise and junk because it's easy that way. And so we're distracted, and we're not hungry for God like we should be. God wants us to pursue him. We, he wants us to pursue his presence. And he's not, he doesn't just make it easy. Okay, God's not cheap. The Father's not cheap. He wants you to have to come after him. And so that's why it's easier sometimes for us to, to just turn on the telly or to watch a movie or to check Facebook or to do the things, you know, play video games or whatever. And it's easy to go there because those things just slip into our lives like that. But the Father wants us to pursue him, okay? He wants us to be hungry for him. When I was a, a before I was a pastor, I worked as an electrical contractor back in the States. And um, in construction, I don't know if any of you are in that um, field, but I would get hungry by the end of the day, right? And so after work, I'd often stop on my way home, just stop into a shop, grab a, a, a chocolate bar and a large soda, which, by the way, is not very healthy, <laughs> and uh, you know, just to kind of ease that hunger that I had. But often I'd get home, and Juanita would say, 
you know, some friends have invited, invited us over for dinner. And we have this one friend um, who's like the king of hospitality. He's got such a great hospitality gift. And he would often do this really great spread when we'd come over for dinner. He'd have cheese, all kinds of cheeses out and crackers, and then he'd make this really, really great meal for us. How hungry do you think I was for that meal? When I'd filled up on chocolate and large soda on my way home. You know, I, I would eat it, right? Because, you know, you don't want to offend somebody. You eat it uh, kind of out of a duty. But did I enjoy it? Did I really enjoy it like I should? And that's the way it is with a father. We fill up on this junk food, and it's, it's, it just comes in, and it eases that hunger, that hole. And then it's like there's nothing left for his presence. Isaiah says in verse 2, Why do you spend money on what's not bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? The voice of the Father is whispering, Listen, shh, listen to me. And eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen, because I want to give you so much life. Jesus said that it's written that man should not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. When we, when we read that, we think, often we think, well, yeah, of course, I mean, it's God, right? He's, anything that he has for us is going to be good. It's going to be healthy for us, right? But at the back of our minds, I think some of us are thinking kind of like tofu, you know, or, or a pile of vitamins. You know, there's no flavor. But David said in Psalm 19, your words are sweet to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The Father says in Jeremiah 33.3 that he's longing for you to come so he can show you amazing things. God wants to tell you things that will blow your mind. So we're talking about food, and Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Why? Was it just uh, because it's good to do Christian things? Just because he felt good about doing his duty? He said, I only do those things which I see the Father doing. It's not the work. It's the intimacy with the Father that was his food. It's walking in such intimacy with him that he saw and did and worked alongside the Father in intimacy. I'm not talking about having an hour of quiet time or Bible study or doing your Bible in a year. I'm talking about being saturated with the presence of God throughout your day and hearing his heart as he wants to share it with you. I want to read a passage, another passage that just blew my mind when I saw it. So um, if you want to turn, keep your finger and Isaiah will come back to that. But Exodus chapter 33. Starting in verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood in the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So yeah, that's enough right there to blow your mind, right? But listen to this. Then Moses would return to the camp, 
But his young assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. That's what I'm talking about. That's the hunger that I'm talking about. A hunger that says, yeah, Moses, you go do what you got to do, but I am not leaving his presence. I'm staying here. Did you notice that it said that anybody who's inquiring of the Lord could go to the tent? And yet twice it says that they stood at the entrance of their own tents. They never entered in. It was open for them all. Only Joshua went in with Moses. They could all have done it. And it's open for us. Guys, don't just stand in, the, in front of your own tent. Phil doesn't need to go to God before you. Lee doesn't need to go to God before you. God wants you to come to him. When we live in that kind of hunger, in pursuit of his glory and his presence, this is what happens back in verse 4 of Isaiah. See, I've made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. See, you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. I know this church has a passion for missions. I love that. If we want to be great evangelists, if we want to see God's kingdom fill the earth, be a people hungry for his presence. A people who dwell in the weight of his glory. Refuse to leave the tent. Be a people who feast on the banquet of his lavish love. It'll be like a, a, a summer barbecue. You'll make the mouths of the people around you water as they begin to sense the feast that you're having, and they'll want it. Remember Jesus said that we were to be the salt of the earth? Salt makes people thirsty. Make people thirsty. Just move on a bit. We often look at that verse 8. For my thoughts are you not, not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We often see that verse as, a, um, as something just pointing to how other God is and how kind of way up there he is and how exalted he is. And he is exalted, and he is high and lifted up. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. When, he, when you see that word for, it's kind of like because or since. And what did he just say? He said, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and I will have mercy on them and to our God and he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts. What he's saying is that my grace is so far outside your spectrum, you can't even understand it. You guys want to judge the sinner. I want to receive them into my arms. God's grace is so far outside our thinking that we don't, can't even comprehend it. And if you guys get this, beware, because you're going to be accused of preaching um, hyper grace. But guess what? God, I believe in, is hyper. Okay? <laughs> He's excessive. He's amazing. And he's lavish in his love and his grace. Verse 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven 
and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The word that he's talking about here is not the Bible, like we, are so, we so often think. And we've kind of been taught that. Every time, nearly every time in Scripture when it talks about the word of the Lord, God's word, my word, or your word, it means the word that he's spoken. It means, the Greek and the Hebrew actually literally mean, both, both languages literally, literally mean an utterance. It is God's spoken word. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I believe the Bible, and I believe it's God's word, and I believe it's um, completely spirit-breathed and completely infallible, and oftentimes he speaks through the Bible. Oftentimes he speaks through the Bible. But what he's talking about here is the word that he's spoken to you. And it's the same, again, when you, when you read like Psalm 19. Thy word is a lamp unto my path and a light to my feet. It's the word that he's spoken to you that will guide you. It's not just some random scriptures that we can kind of pull out. It's the word that he's spoken to you. And he may have spoken that through the scriptures. Romans, when Romans says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, it's the spoken word that brings faith into a person's heart. It's not just reciting scriptures to people. Okay? I believe in the power of the Bible. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But God wants to speak to you through the Bible, but also in your heart, in, in your ear, in your mind. He wants to speak to you because he's a father. He's not just sitting back there saying, okay, well, I've kind of given you my letters. You know, just read those, and, and that's enough. He wants intimacy with you. He wants you to come to him. And yes, he'll speak to you through the word. I've still got the letters that Juanita and I wrote to each other when we, were, when we first met and when we were engaged. But if my entire marriage is based off of me reading those letters, mm -hmm. something's missing, folks. <laughs> right? We need to communicate with one another. In fact, I'll go back to those letters every now and then just if I feel nostalgic and stuff. But, but that doesn't, that's not the foundation, the, 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 the life of our marriage. The life of our marriage is our intimacy of spending time together, talking to one another, me knowing her heart and her knowing my heart, which we did communicate in our letters. But that's not where it ended. God wants to speak to us. When uh, in Ephesians, when it calls the word the sword of the spirit, again, it's his spoken word. It's the promises that he speaks to you, speaks to you that you can put your foot down and do battle against the enemy. It's not just quoting random scriptures. Okay, when Jesus fought the devil in the wilderness, he used scriptures, but he wasn't just pulling these random scriptures out to fight the devil. He wasn't just quoting verses. He was standing and he was shouting his destiny back into Satan's face. He wasn't just saying man doesn't live on bread alone. He was saying, I don't need to turn these rocks into bread because even if I starve to death, I would rather hear the sweet voice of my father as we work together. It's not a sterile understanding of the word. It's a life-giving word. He speaks to you. Again, he, he will and he may use the scriptures to do that. 
or he may use the prophetic, or he may use the still small voice in your heart. But stand on the word that God's given you, because he says here in Isaiah that the promise of destiny that he has spoken over you will accomplish exactly what he intends for it. Okay, we need to start bringing this in. Verse 12. You go up, you will go, yes, I can say that in English. You will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before who? Before God? There was a 70s worship song that used these, these words. Um, not that I was there, but <laughs> Phil might remember it. Um, and we used to sing it in open door, like we were singing it to God. Let me read it again. God's speaking. You will go out with joy and be led forth with, forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. Before you. And the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectations for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Our glory comes from only one place, soaking in the glory and presence of God. Mm. Exodus 34 talks about how Moses, when he came down from the presence, his face shone. That's where our glory comes from. So I, I want to ask the worship team to, to actually come back and maybe start to, to play quietly and all. Move forward a little bit, because I know we got quite a space here. But. <laughs> By the way, you guys, worship was off the hook. So good. God is looking for a generation of people who are not focused on the trappings of Christianity, but are hungry for his presence. God wants to give you all of himself. He wants to lavish himself upon you. He wants to saturate you with his presence. He wants to pour out the living waters of his spirit so much that you can't contain it and that it overflows you like a river of living water that quenches the thirst of the nations. I want to make a little bit of room for the, the Holy Spirit to move. That's why I want to have the worship team go ahead and start when they're ready. But, you know, I love the prophetic. I love the prophetic. I'm not sure um, if God wants to do that today. Um, let's remain open to that. But what I do know is that the Holy Spirit wants to come and create a space for you to enter in, to usher you into the Holy of Holies. Guys, the veil is rent, okay? Heavens are open. Let's boldly enter the beautiful presence of our Father. That's where I want to live. I want to live in that place. Not just at church on Sundays, not just at Bible studies in the week, but all day long, every day. I've told people this in the past. I want to be Enoch. 
I want to be the guy who they, who they ask, where the heck did James go? It's because I was taken out of here because I walked so close with God. Because I was walking in so much intimacy with God. I want to be the guy that's taken out because that's the only place I want to be, in his presence. Some of you guys are waiting on God's direction. You're waiting, you're seeking his will for your lives. What if it's not about God telling you what to do? What if it's about just walking so intimately with him that you just live in his presence, doing the things alongside him that he's called you to do because he's doing them? Then it's not like us begging God for a word, what do I do with my life? It's, it's, it's yeah, God was sharing with me yesterday just, and, and recently just how much his heart beats for China and how much he loves those people. And I think, I think we might go there together. What if it's not, what if we don't need to, to get up our nerve to awkwardly go out and talk to that stranger? What if we're walking so intimately with the Spirit that he can just say, hey, see that guy over there? He just lost his job and his daughter refuses to speak to him. Would you go tell him that I see his pain and that I'm about to turn the heart of his daughter to her father and that I love him? What if we live there instead of always asking God for what we're supposed to do? What if we didn't need to ask him what to do, but we just did, did those things which we saw him doing? Let me just pray. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Saturate this place with your presence, God. Father, draw our hearts. God, it's by you that we, we are even hungry. You're the one who stirs us up. It's, the, it's that... that the smell, the scent of the feast that you prepared for us that makes our mouth water as we look to you, the beautiful, beautiful God. And we're hungry for you. We're hungry for you, Father. We want you. God, we want to be in your presence. Lord, we want to be in your presence 24-7. Lord, we don't want to just Go through the motions. Lord, we don't want to just be Christians. Lord, we don't want to just go to church. And we don't even want to just read the Bible. We want your voice to come. Your voice that's sweeter than honey. Lord, you didn't create a religion. You created for yourself a people to be intimate When you speak of yourself, you use words like Father, Abba, Daddy. You use words like Bridegroom, a friend who's closer than a brother. God, we're tired of, of just the stuff, the Christianity, and just kind of going through the motions. We don't want it anymore. We don't want it anymore. We want to live in you, saturated by you surrounded and enfolded in your arms, Father, wrapped up in you. Lord, I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, just come and just settle, just rest on the hearts of your kids. Just rest on the hearts of your kids. Show them the things that make your heart happy.
that, that, that bring you joy. Show them the things that make you, you sad, God, that grieve your heart, and say, let's go do something about this. Let's work together, side by side, me and you, son, me and you, my daughter. I don't want you doing Christian duty. I want you working alongside me, hand in hand. My spirit empowering every move you make, every word you speak to that stranger. Just open your hearts wide to the Holy Spirit. Enter into the Holy of Holies. Go deep. Go deep with God. breakthrough in this, grab somebody, grab somebody and pray with them. together lovely all together world. 